everyone, and welcome to the all-new Forever Blue Shirts Radio Podcast, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of the all-new Forever Blue Shirts Radio Podcast. Yesterday, I had the pleasure of speaking with MSG analyst and former goaltender Steve Valaket. And we discussed tonight's exhibition match against the Islanders and what the Rangers are looking to get out of that game. Another topic we talked about was the upcoming qualifying round against the Carolina Hurricanes. As usual, Steve Valaket's insights are analytical, but also coming from a having played hockey background. I hope you enjoy this special episode. I know I did recording it with Steve. And it's a lot of fun, it's extremely insightful, and I think Ranger fans will thoroughly enjoy it. So without further ado, here's my interview with Steve Valaket. With the Islander game coming up on uh, Wednesday night, uh, I've been looking at that game pretty closely. Uh, my biggest question for you is what do you think uh, David Quinn is looking to get out of that game? You know, I think it's it's actually more about the players than it is about the coach, Anthony. And, and the reason why is that um, when players, so here, here's a good little bit of insight. Uh, as a backup goalie at MSG, my seat was regular Brendan Shanahan was on the right wing, and when the puck would come around the boards, you know, Shanahan would have me know that I have to let him know that uh, he's got time or that there's a man on him. And um, you know, I talked to him about it once, and I was like, Shane, why is that so important? He's like. I have no idea what is behind me when I turn to get the puck off the boards, and I don't want to get land based. And I was like, "All right," you know. And, and when I talked to him some more about it, and he said, "That's the hardest thing to do to start a season. It's getting the puck out of your own zone along the boards when a defenseman's pitching down on you. It's getting the puck through the neutral zone with a lot of pressure on you. It's getting banged around and just taking a little bit of body and giving a little bit of body on the forecheck. It's those are the things you don't get in the blue-white scrimmage. And you have to know that those quick decisions that you make are critical for your team's success on a player level. And I've always thought about that, and I think that the one thing that the Rangers are going to get out of this game and the Islanders are going to get out of this game tomorrow night is just to feel those pressure moments where you can either hit or be hit. And you have to understand that time and space and how critical it is to the outcome of the game and how important it's going to be for these guys to execute that well tomorrow night. That's what that's what everybody's going to get out of this tomorrow night. Makes a lot of sense to me. I was thinking about the same thing. It's all about that physicality that you're not going to get by getting hit by your own players in practice. The question, That's right. the follow-up, goaltending-wise. Uh, obviously, Quinn isn't going to announce a starter. I don't think there's any reason for him to do it. There's no advantage in announcing the starter so early. And I think it also makes it harder for Carolina to prepare because both Shesterkin and Lundqvist play different types of game. I think you have to prepare for them differently, especially because Shesterkin handles the puck so well. He acts like a third defenseman out there. Um, Do you see any advantage for him to announce that starter prior to game time? No, but I don't think it's going to catch anybody uh, by surprise either. I mean, how often have we ever been surprised by a game one starter? In yeah. All the years that we've covered hockey, right? Like, it's true. It's true. It's true. Well, listen. Back in the Mike Richter, uh, John Van Beesburg tandem, that would, they, you could always be surprised. You never knew. Oh, is that right? <laughs> so, like in the eighties, when uh, Mike 
first started and stuff like that, it was always pretty uh, 50-50. With yeah, those Nielsen would usually go. It was pretty like clockwork, you know, one guy, the other guy, one guy, the other guy. Um, okay. Do you think yeah, – I just, no, I just, I just, I wouldn't be – I mean, I'm, I don't think there's a – it's going to be a shock. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm expecting just Durkin. I, I would be shocked if it's Lundqvist. But that has to do with how this thing plays out too. Um, when you start with Shesterkin, you've got Hank, who he gets really upset when he doesn't play, rightfully so. Right. And it, and he, he channels his anger really well. And if there's anybody to come into the net, if there's relief needed, coming in with an angry Hank would be a huge advantage for the Rangers <laughs> if the series goes longer. <laughs> and you don't get that if it goes the other way, right? So um, that's that's one small piece of this giant puzzle to try to put it together. But Nobody can look past what Shesterkin did from January 7th to March 12th. Uh, he was top five in every single statistical category that I value, um, analytically and eyeballs and just by league stats. He was by all my measures, Anthony. He was a top five bully during that period of time. And no NHL coach is going to look past top five league goaltending. They all know what it looked like, you know, and uh, that's why. I obviously expected to go Shesterkin and, and then Henrik if needed, but hopefully, uh, you know, you don't need Henrik because if you do, that means you lost game one, which means you're in a hole that is very tough to get out of in a best of five series. Yeah, I agree 100%. So let's, let's talk about the qualifying round. So for me, what do you think the Rangers need to do to disrupt Carolina's puck possession game? Because that really is what Carolina excels at. Fantastic points. But so I'm giving this a lot of thought and I've been trying to think about it, right? You've gone four months. There's four months of a layoff. You're coming in. All you have is practice and you get one exhibition game. A lot of teams in the NHL, I mean, in in a regular standard, you know, season, these teams are clicking. They have their systems down pat. They did just they're firing on all cylinders before the playoffs start. A lot of these teams are basically going to be coming in pretty cold. And there are certain teams to me, like the, the, the Carolina Hurricanes, the New York Islanders, that really rely on their system and their structure in order to execute. 
And I'm thinking you got, you know, these teams, offensively talented teams like the Rangers, who I, I think it's harder to play defense or, and to get your defense structure, you know, uh, established. Do you think there's going to be a lot more high scoring games and it's going to take not maybe the qualifying round, but maybe even the first round for a lot of teams to get their system in place and firing in all, all cylinders? And we'll see a lot of like high scoring, maybe some sloppy hockey. You know, if I, I, we went back to the 405 lockout and then came out into that 05 season. Remember how many goals per score at the beginning of that year? Uh, a lot of power plays, if you remember. They're calling everything, but there's going to be, I anticipate there being a lot of power plays because guys are going to get caught a little bit flat-footed and they're going to actually get caught just mentally stumbling through the game, I think, for the first few. And I think there's going to be more power plays. And I think there's going to be more scoring chances. And obviously, with more power plays and more scoring chances, you're ultimately going to see more goals. I think we're going to see, at points this season, it was funny because I remember going through the season and looking at the scores each morning and, and remember saying to myself, wow, the 3-2 league that I played in has turned into a 4-3 league. Well, don't be surprised if it turns into a 5-4 league. That's what I've been telling people. Uh, it could be a 5-4 play-in series and then maybe it's things tightening up by the time the uh, real Stanley Cup playoffs begin and the first round starts. But I don't disagree with you. I think it's going to be there's a lot of paralysis by over-analysis for players at times when they're trying to remember their habits because they're not habitual yet. Um, it's not to say that all of a sudden a great defenseman that has a good stick is going to have a bad stick, but I think it's I think it's those moments after you make a play when you can still be a spectator of your own play without having your feet move through either a shot release or a pass release. Therefore, those extra feet and time that you typically have, I think it's going to be a little harder for guys to, to find that pace. I see it all the time with goalies. I see it all the time with goalies where uh, they make a save and they look at the puck leaving them before they move at a step sooner. You typically should be moving as soon as the puck is leaving you. And that, that, that frozen time and space is something that happens when you don't quite have your mid-season form yet. Excellent. Okay, so I'm going to ask another question about the series. Um, if the Rangers... Beat the Carolina Hurricanes. They did so. Why? Carolina is without Patchy and Hamilton. What a different look their back end has. Right? that hasn't played yet for them. Brady, that is very well known by his, his teammates here in New York. And um, quite frankly, that doesn't make it easier on him. I think it makes it harder. You know, guys are going to know how to get to him. Uh, you never fool the players in the locker room. They know they know everything about you uh, as a teammate. I'm saying good points, bad points. They'll know where Brady's weak. And don't be surprised if they really, really Carolina feels a bit of a black hole there in that spot. Um, so that, I think it becomes a big advantage for the Rangers if they can have the opportunistic offense that they do have. If they can have Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin be close to the superstar players they became to play at that level, and then it'll drag everybody along. I mean, I think that this this has now really become an even series. Uh, yesterday that I thought was a very even series is really becoming advantage advantage New Rangers with, uh, with those two holes because then you're getting the goaltending for Carolina, and, and Marantz can be very inconsistent. Um, statistically, 
Uh, he's 10th in the NHL on save percentage on rebounds, and uh, he's running 6th in the NHL on save percentage on broken plays. That's what he is to me at all. So when I watch him, I was like, I see a gamer, I see a fighter, I see a battler. He's a guy that plays a lot of intensity. He's got that in his game. He does. And, and um, but what he does not have in his game is, is a very strong technical base. And the Rangers, you've heard me talk all the time about the cross-sides pass that they make and how consistently they do it. <laughs> well, that's the weakness of um, Peter Morazic. Peter Morazic, among the starting goalies in the NHL this season, were ranked 31st in safe percentage when the puck was passed east to west below the hash marks. So that diagonal pass down or the east to west lateral pass below the hash marks in the offensive zone. So that I went out of game today, so I was like, okay, who did that most of this year? Turns out the Rangers executed that pass 97 times. Wow. This is That's more than anybody else in the league. The next closest team was the Oilers with 88 on that specific play. Um, the Rangers, as you know, they can get a little too pass happy, but when that pass there, uh, you know, and, and they can make it, Morazic's a goalie that brings his head high over his shoulder and he lifts it off the ice when he goes side to side. And if there's weakness in the D zone for Carolina because they're miss, missing two top players and a goalie that's not technically on the level that's just Durkin is, uh, then there's an advantage for the uh, defensive side, uh, defense to defense, and goalie to goalie. And now we're talking about more time about offense. Um, I think the Rangers' offense is not only better um, at creating chances, uh, high end chances, great day chances, but they're better at finishing them. Um, overall chances, Carolina is a better than the Rangers. But on the grade A chances, the really good ones, the Rangers are better and they're better at finishing them. So I'm starting to see a pretty weighted favor towards the Rangers, which is uh, exciting for Rangers fans. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. All right. So one more question. So while hockey was on pause, I, I truly enjoyed watching MSG Home Ice uh, with David Quinn. I thought you and Michelle did a great job. Uh, it's funny. I've you know watched you since day one being on MSG, and I could tell you for you know first time being on you you kind of nervous on screen, but you have become an absolute pro, and you're one of the most enjoyable people to watch on screen. I'm not just pumping your tires like a fellow teammate, but I'm, <laughs> <laughs> but, but the I truth is, you I'll tell you what, man, I puked. I puked before, not before my first time, but before my second time because I knew how hard it was after doing it the first time. I was very nervous. And you know what? Quite honestly, the two subjects I liked least when I was in high school were public speaking and mathematics. And no, those were the things that I did for a living, which yeah, cracks me up sometimes. Yeah, you like... When I speak to kids at school, when I speak to kids at school, I'm like, hey, it's the love of hockey right. that brought me to these two things. And now I really appreciate them because I like to know... I like to know facts. I'm curious to know the facts. I mean, I don't like when I listen to a broadcast and I hear somebody say something like, you know, Michael Grabner never scores on a breakaway or something like that. And then I look at the numbers and it's like, well, the last two years at 26 breakaways, he scored 11 times. He's more than scoring often enough. Right. You know, things like that. I just want to know the facts. And that's, that's why I like the stats company. It's just tagging things and looking at things over and over again. And, on uh, air stuff, it's, I'm just talking about what I love. If I thought I was better talking about something I didn't like, I'd be terrible on TV. 
<laughs> but my question, though, for you, just, you know, obviously uh, this is all made for TV and it's going to be a lot of onus on what's there to keep fans engaged. So what what's what does MSG have up its sleeve for playoff coverage? Anything special fans should be looking out for uh, tomorrow night's game uh, on MSG and the uh, qualifying rounds? What, what should we be uh, looking out for for you and the, and the network? Yeah, so it's going to be different, right? I mean, uh, we've never called a game together. That's the coolest thing about this experience. Joe McLeary, Sam Rosen, John Giordano, and myself are going to be the four people in the studio. So Sam and Joe are calling the game live from the desk, where John and I typically see. Now, John and I are going to be at the 3 by 3 and we're going to hang out at the Budweiser Bar, which is an awesome place to hang out. And <laughs> you know what I mean? And... Um, and it's going to be kind of cool to be in the same room, Anthony. Like, I'm going to be able to yell at Joe from across the room. Did you see that? Or, you know, just listening to Sam in the same room and um, sharing thoughts. Because we do have those down moments when we hit commercials where we're going to get to chat. You know, and uh, I can anticipate Joe asking me about a goalie save. Or I can say to Joe, what do you think about the deep man stepping up? That was that a good read. I think that's going to be really, really cool. I'm hoping we can find a way to get that. Those nuggets on television, that's what I'd really hope we could do, is do something like that behind the scenes. Those types of things could be a, a really great opportunity for folks to see what it looks like behind the scenes and have some fun with it, you know? Once again, thank you for joining us today on this special edition of the all-new Forever Blue Shirts Radio Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Scultori. Thank you so much. Please check us out at foreverblueshirts.com and also subscribe so every time a new episode comes out, you get it automatically. Thank you again and enjoy tonight's Rangers game.